What's up, guys? It's Casey Brown here. So excited to have you here at True to You Chats. If you are new to our podcast, my name's Casey Brown, personal trainer, uh, social media girl, blogger. Been around the block since about 09 on that blog, powercakes.net. And I'm so excited you are here. Today we have our girl, Casey, on the podcast. If her name doesn't speak volumes, obviously, I'm a fan of her name. Um, she is full of mindset, mindfulness, the whole mental side of training and fitness and just ugh, full of so much knowledge. I love this girl so much. I kind of fangirled a little bit to get her on the podcast. I was like, listen, I'm selfishly bringing you on this because I wanted to meet you. But she goes under Coach Casey Joe on social media. She is a PhD, half psychologist, half fitness coach, researching mindset before it was cool on Instagram. She does one-on-one coaching at K kjoecoaching.com. And she is a also a host of a mindset certification, which is freaking awesome. This episode was so fun. Me, her and Sam had an awesome conversation about the whole mindset behind fitness and our goals and ugh, just so many awesome nuggets here, guys. You're going to love it. Definitely check it out. Subscribe and we will see you soon much more valuable to be working for something because it makes you personally feel good. It's part of who you are rather than doing it for someone else or because someone else thinks you should do it. Um, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of like behavior change 101. Instagram land for since 2010, right? So like back in college when it became, when it became a thing and I didn't know what it was. And we were like posting pictures of like fruit and being like, I love apples. And like, it was so pure and just like, here's what we're doing. And <laughs> so true. So true. And it's like, so I've been in this world and I've been blogging since then too. And I just feel like I like you, like there's like, right. So like, obviously like Alessandra, like all these girls that I've, I've been friends with Allie for years, but like you guys are all such badasses, like with your content and with everything you guys push out. And it's so awesome because for someone like me who most of my job is in person. So like as a trainer, I'm in the gym where we are right now. I'm at people's houses. I'm out in the fields, in the soccer fields. I'm coaching freaking tennis because why not? Why not throw that into my schedule? Why not? And so I do wear all these hats, but most of mine are in person. So when it mm -hmm. comes to online, I sometimes struggle because I'm like, I have so much to say, but one, it's like finding the time to be like in like the mental energy to be mm -hmm. like, sit down and do my, do a post or like sit down and, you know, like get all that shit together. I feel like I sometimes live two different lives. Like it's like you have like your Instagram world and then I have my like totally. in, in person, like I don't want to use the word hustle, but it's like that in person, <laughs> like grind. Like we are with yeah. people all the time and that drains in a good way. It drains yeah. a lot of you. And so I guess like I'm always so blown away by you guys because your presence online is so amazing. And I also have to remind myself like there 
mostly like they're online coaches, Casey, like oh, as I'm talking to myself, but now I'm talking <laughs> to you. <laughs> this might get confusing. <laughs> I know. But I guess like even with or without this recording, like I would say that to you because I'm so inspired by that because I feel like that's the reason why I wanted to start a podcast because I feel like I'm so much more of a voice person. Like I, as much as I've been blogging and stuff, right? I'm okay with my fingers and telling stories through the computer, but I am so much more of a connector with my voice. And so when I said to Sam, I was like, I don't know, like, I think I want to like start a podcast. Like, I don't know. And he's like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Like he was like, I believe in you. Like we can do this together. Like, let's do it. You know? And so I'm just like so excited because I also feel like it's going to help like meet people like you in person and like be able to connect a little bit more. But I just want to say like, I'm always so inspired by you and like this stuff you put out and I'm so glad I came across you and like I just feel like you're just real and that's what Sam said before we started. He was like she's like or she's he's like she's going to be super freaking cool. Like yeah. that's like how it's going to be. Absolutely because it's that whole like you can tell when somebody puts stuff online and it's not them. It's not their voice. It's not what they actually believe. It feels mm-hmm. kind of gimmicky. I was reading your stuff and I was like, I'm having a fucking conversation. Like, this is how it feels, right? Like, and you just, you respond better to that information and it just sticks better. So that was, I was yeah. really excited when I heard that you were coming on because I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Like, this is That's cool. funny that you say that because I actually picked up on that in other people. You know, it, it's great to hear that someone else is getting that from me because that's, I mean, definitely what I would hope. Um, but I definitely feel that from other people, like you're just reading their content or watching their stories. It's like, you can just tell whether or not you would like click with that person or vibe with them. You know, you can just pick up on the vibes kind of thing. Um, and I absolutely see that in other people too, where I'm like, I could be your friend or it's like, I don't know about you kind of thing. That's like where you kind of the two ends of the spectrum sort of lie. (laughs) Absolutely. And that's like, I think the, the beauty behind like the Instagram is like, it's you, like there are certain people that don't pop up on my feed because Instagram's weird. And like, I don't see, I, I don't even understand how I'm following some people. Like I click on their profile and I'm like, did someone follow them for me? Cause I don't even know who this person is. Like it doesn't make any sense. I swear Instagram does that, but I digress. But I try to, I literally type in your name. Like you don't pop up and I'll be like, what's Casey doing? Like what's Allie doing? What's, you know, there's like certain group of people that I just get so inspired by. And like, I like you are one of them. So the fact that I was like, oh, will you like come on my little podcast? Like we're we're like just starting. You're really the first um guest other than Sam. Yeah. And other than one of my best <laughs> friends, Heather, who's also one of my like core people in this world. Um, but you're like our first Ooh, that's guest. exciting. Yeah. So big day. Awesome. Big day. And yeah. of course we had to do it because we have the same name. So that's, that's where it started. <laughs> it just was necessary. <laughs> yes. Um, but anyway, I just kind of want to explain like where this podcast is coming from, like where we, we've been trying to do with it. And I think that it's just fun and I love connecting and I just think relationships are everything. So I just feel like I'm just so glad you're, you're here with us today. I feel like a little fangirl. Absolutely. And I really think like just coming from the world of Instagram and social media, that there is there is so much bullshit just flo- just floating around everywhere that you can just find it everywhere and it's it's inundates everything. To find somebody who that's the whole true to you chats, it's like that is themselves, that truly cares about helping people, helping people wherever they're from, wherever they're you know, wherever their experiences take them. Like it 
it, it means so much to just us personally. It's part of our daily lives that we really help people on a one-on-one -on -one basis or in groups or whatever. But to connect with somebody else who's doing the same thing in a world that is just <laughs> surrounded by It's frustrating. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so tell us, like, that's what I wanted to ask, first of all, was what even – because as much as, like, I've been following you, like, you you always feel like you, like, know someone. You're like, oh, yeah, me and Casey, we're tight. Like, I follow her. Like, she knows who I am. Like, but, like, sometimes you you don't know the backbones of everybody. So for you, I just think it's so cool how everyone comes to this point. So what brought you, first of all, even to want to start an Instagram, want to start an online business, but, like, fitness in general, like, what's your background story? Yeah. Yeah. I have kind of interesting because first and foremost, I guess with Instagram, we can start there because I think that that's kind of like first Instagram. I jumped on probably in 2011. I think it was like very new still. People weren't really sure what to do. All of our photos are like super over edited and have weird filters on them. Yes. The weirdest um, filters. The weirdest filters. And like, if, I mean, it's the same account I've had this entire time. So if you want to scroll all the way back, you absolutely can. I think I have close to 2,500 posts at this point. So there's a lot going on there since 2011. Um, so I started off just like sharing. It was mostly, honestly, food. Um, I was getting into nutrition more, getting into training and fitness. Um, I played high school volleyball, and that was kind of my form of exercise and played literally for, I don't know, 15 years, um, off season, on season, I played year round. Um, so having like three hour practices and stuff like that was my fitness, you know, like I didn't really need to do much else. In fact, I didn't really need to eat healthy either, either because I was just doing so much activity. Um, so college rolled around and I was kind of like, okay, I got to figure out this fitness thing myself now. What is this going to look like? And that did, it started off with just like a lot of like, Oh, food and stuff. And I, to be honest, looking back, I think I hid behind the food a little bit because I was interested in training and interested in fitness and like sharing stuff um, and sharing information, but also didn't feel like a credible resource. And to be honest, I wasn't then either. So I'm probably, it was probably a good thing um, that I was just sharing food, but it was more so like sharing recipes and the macro breakdown and stuff like that. And my original Instagram handle was actually Casey Joe eats well um, because it was all food. So, and that worked in its, in the favor of the fact that I started to go down that route even further, become a nutrition coach. So like Casey Joe eats well still, still worked pretty well. I actually right. only changed my Instagram handle at the end of 2019. So oh, when okay. I started like realizing, yeah, that it needed to be kind of maybe more all encompassing. So now I'm coach Casey Joe. Um, but so that's where I kind of started with things It continued to evolve, evolve as I sort of continued to evolve. So that's kind of what's cool about social media, I think, is if you do have sort of that like track record of everywhere you've been like you could probably go back to 2012 and see me saying some stupid stuff that I'd be like why Casey why are you saying totally that? yeah yeah exactly so but it is really cool to be able to like look back on and now that Instagram has that feature too that's like this is where you were four years ago and it's like oh my god wow thank you for reminding um, so me. <laughs> yeah it's kind of fun in that way but so I actually started off interested in psychology um, and continue to be interested in psychology and started off more so actually on the side of like criminal psychology, which is totally different than the route I ended up going, but um, became pretty good friends with a bunch of different prison wardens, actually thought that that's the direction I wanted to go with my career. So I was going to get a degree in psychology and become a prison warden, which is very surprising to most people. <laughs> but I just thought it was like such a cool um, area to be in. And the fact that like, honestly, a, if you look at like a prison facility, it's like running a small town. They have 
dentists, medical facilities, like exercise facilities, like the cafeteria, you live there, like it's everything Mm -hmm. under one roof. And I just thought it was so cool. And those that I got to interact with in Minnesota, like were phenomenal humans. They, everyone knew them, everyone loved them. And I was like, this is so cool. Like to be that person. Um, eventually kind of came to the idea that maybe criminal kind of route wasn't where I wanted to go simply because of the fact that I was really falling in love with health and fitness come like sophomore, junior year of college and realized that, Hey, everybody is kind of interested in like the forensic side of things, criminal side of things. That's why NCIS is super popular. Like everybody kind of likes that stuff to some degree, but on the health and fitness side, like that's kind of something that not many people are interested in. So the fact that I was really starting to enjoy this, I was sitting here like, maybe I want to switch kind of my focus here. Um, And obviously went through what many people do in college when you make that switch to more like focus on your health and fitness and all of your friends are binge drinkers still. It's like, what, how do I do this? So I I was definitely like the the black sheep for a good bit of time, um, not wanting to go out to the bars, wanting to get up and get my workout in, things like that. And as that kind of became more of my identity too, I was like, this is what I want to do with like my life. And I want to find people who I can also do this with too. So I became more engaged on social media and stuff for that fact. Like I want to find where are these people that are like me type of thing. And, um, decided that I really wanted to continue to take this route of health and fitness and knowing too, that psychology really underlies freaking everything. So I still could definitely follow. Yeah. Still could definitely follow the, the psych side of things, but just go this health and fitness sort of like trajectory. Um, so ended up like finishing up my degree in psychology, um, did a bunch of research in undergrad, although it was all on incarcerated parents of children. So it was not related to health and fitness, but I got a bunch of research experience nonetheless. Um, And my, it was actually a dual degree. So I also studied psych or sociology. So it was more like groups and populations as well. And then public health too. So it was a big combination of all of these things. Wow. And then decided to, go to grad school because honestly, my parents were of the position that you cannot just have an undergrad degree, especially if it's in psychology. Part of me was like, I just want to take a year off, figure out what I want to do. I have this, all of these thoughts going on. Like I want to be health and fitness focused, but now I have this psychology degree. Like what am I supposed to do? Um, And truly like my parents kind of pushed me like go and do something like more education, figure it out. So I was like, all right, screw it. Let's apply to some PhD programs and see what happens. So, and I mean, I was a very good student, um, very accomplished, did well on like my um, GRE and things like that for grad school. So I ended up going to NC State for my PhD and working with Dr. Jenny Burnett. She has done a ton of research in mindset specifically. I did not seek out to do research in mindset. I was not, had no idea about mindset research, was not super interested in it at the time. However, um, Dr. Burnett was doing work with mindset and obesity and figuring out how like healthy eating and exercise behaviors and how you um, perceive your health, how that ends up actually impacting your health behavior. So I was at this point too, where I had essentially discovered strength training and eating healthy and all of this stuff and just loved it and loved how it made me feel, made me more confident, more dedicated in other areas of my life and was just like, honestly, so confused why more people weren't taking advantage of this stuff. Like, why are there so many people 
in this world that are not exercising enough, not eating healthy enough when it can make you feel this fantastic. I was Mm -hmm. so so confused. (laughs) So then kind of my like psychology brain was just like, I got to figure this out. Like it's not knowledge. People know they need to eat healthy. People know they need to exercise. There is something else going on here. So kind of all of this stuff came together in um, the mindset lab where I worked at NC State with um, underneath Dr. Jenny Burnett. She kind of taught me the mindset ways, growth versus fixed mindset, how that shows up, what it means. Um, And I proceeded to do my own research and specifically focused on the health and fitness space. So all of the research I did in my PhD was bringing together essentially my two passions now, psychology and health and fitness, and studied essentially what your mindset can do for your health behavior. So having a fixed versus growth mindset, like what does that mean for how often you exercise or how healthy you eat? And so that's what I really focused on for the four and a half years as I got my PhD. So sorry, this is getting very long. I hope this is No, okay. I'm like blown away. I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Like, like, keep going, keep going. Wow. <laughs> so I got to the point now where I was finishing up my PhD and was like, all right, so what do people with PhDs do? They typically become professors. They continue to do research. Like that's kind of the general trajectory. And to be honest, depending on what program you're in, my program was an applied social and community psychology program. So with that applied aspect, there was a little bit of like, hey, if you don't want to stay in academia, that's okay. Like go do research for Nike or Weight Watchers or whatever, like cool. Other programs, PhD programs are so research and academic heavy that they will essentially frown upon you leaving academia. So that is definitely an issue that is out there. But I was definitely set on finding a program that wouldn't essentially do that to me because I didn't know where I wanted to be. And I honestly was pretty sure I didn't want to do the professor academia sort of route was open to it, but was pretty sure that's not the direction I wanted to go. So was finishing up my PhD and was like, okay, got to start applying to jobs, all of this stuff. um, And was looking definitely more industry sort of research. So I did look at places like Fitbit and Weight Watchers and sort of all those places where I could continue to apply these health and fitness concepts in a psychological fashion. Um, So was doing all of that, went through a bunch of rounds of interviews, got pretty close to diving into the world of um, industry research with one of these larger companies. Um, and they essentially gave me the corporate runaround. There was a lot, it was six month process between when I first had my first interview and when I said, Hey, I can't wait anymore. I got to pull the plug. Um, so at that point I was just like, look, I have been at this point building sort of my own business on the side as just sort of extra supplemental income. I enjoyed coaching. I had a nutrition certification. I was working for a gym, doing all those things. So I, too, was in-person first. I did a lot of in-person nutrition coaching before I went online. Um, so I was doing all of that and just kind of building it on the side. It was I never took it completely seriously, didn't see it as a full-time route. But I had this essentially other option to work for myself and build something and create something. Um, and to be honest, even at the beginning of my PhD, I had thought, like, maybe I do want to go that route. Maybe I want to like create my own thing. But I just like at that point had no idea what that could even look like. Like what is someone with a PhD in psychology? How do they build their own business? Right. Um, so at this point it was like, yeah, but I was a nutri- I was doing that and I didn't even like put two and two together. Right. So I, at this point was like, do I tell the corporate world that like, Hey, I'm sick of you. I'm sick of waiting for you to give me a final answer here. It's been six months. Like I need to start making money. <laughs> or do I say like, Hey, let's just like, kind of continue to build what I have. And I, in October of last year, so I have not even been full-time in my business for a full year yet at this point. Um, October of last year, 
decided to say, okay, whatever. See you later. I emailed them was like, I'm, I'm out. Like I'm sick of waiting for you guys to restructure whatever you're restructuring and deciding where I'm going to fit in. Like, no, um, they didn't ever even email me back. So that just kind of like goes to show. (laughs) Yep. Um, so I did decide to dive into my business full time, added some more clients to my roster, fix some stuff up. Um, and now kind of fast forward almost a year at this point, which is nuts. Um, and I have now three other coaches on my team. So I still do one-on-one coaching. I currently am not accepting new clients. I'm trying to kind of keep that a smaller size because I am also focusing on the other side of my business, which is more on the like coaching other coaches side of things. So I have, um, the certification program, health mindset coaching certification, um, that is running right now, our first round. And we have 116 coaches in there, which is fantastic. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of at the point now where I'm able to use my psych and research skills and, um, experience and certifications in health and fitness and nutrition and blend them all together between one-on-one coaching. And we have a really solid team there with KJO coaching and then also doing some more of like coaching of other coaches as well to kind of bring them up to speed on health behavior change and mindset and being able to use that with their own clients. So that is the story. Holy shit. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) That is so like literally the whole time I'm like, my mouth got dry. I was like, my mouth was like wide open the whole time. I was like, oh my gosh. I mean, and that honest to God is like the vibe I got from you. Like when I started, when I came across you on Instagram I, I'm like shocked you've only been in business really for a year because I feel like I've been following you for so long. Cause you're just, you're just good at what you do. And it, and like Sam said, it comes across so natural, yeah, definitely a natural, natural thing for sure. Yeah. And the, the biggest thing, like, it's so funny cause all these people that we end up or I end up not to speak for both of us, but we're also very similar, but, uh, not to speak for both of us, but I will, but anyone that I have like kind of connected with or feel like I already know we have similar stories where it's like we were in the route of like I was a health and phys ed major so it was like you're gonna be a teacher what like no teachers build their own business like it wasn't like you can go build your own school and build your own business I remember feeling so stuck like Mm -hmm. I want I don't want to be in a school the rest of my life I love kids I want to go into a school but I want to be able to leave and I want to go to here and be able to leave and here and be like, so I always felt like I was kind of stuck in the way that, you know, you go to school to be a teacher, you become a teacher. What else? Like what, what would be that next step? So for Mm -hmm. when you're talking, I'm like feeling it with you. I'm like, girl, I've been there. (laughs) Like you rebuild, you rebrand, you try new things. And that's how you become who you are. And everyone Mm -hmm. that gravitates towards you is obviously feeling that same way. And you're so successful because there's that authenticity about you a hundred percent. Um, and you're a freaking boss, like everything she's done. That's awesome. It's so awesome. It's awesome. So, um, what I would love to touch on and Sam also has a psychology background. Yeah. So I actually, I was going to be, I, I ended up getting my master's in counseling. So I was going to awesome. be a licensed mental health counselor. I actually ended up working in a school as a guidance counselor for a while. And It was so funny because all of the conversations I would have with either uh, my clients when I was in school or the the kids that I was working with, I'm like, so did you eat breakfast today? (laughs) Oh, so did you like, I don't know, go to bed on time. But like I was noticing a trend of it's not just a behavior thing. Like there are Mm. so many facets to it, right? So 
I was like, there's there's something to this like health and wellness, you know, attributing to the mental health of of people. So I, I actually just like you, like I c- wanted to combine those two worlds because it they, you can't have one without the other. It's not just no. mind. It's not just body. Like it has to mesh together. And to hear mm-hmm. your story and your path, I'm like, oh shit, this is awesome. Like it's so great <laughs> to hear that, especially at like the PhD level. It's, Usually when you get somebody that has that doctoral background, it's so by the book, it's so mm-hmm. like regimented and you know, like the field of yep. research is, <laughs> can be a little bit much at times. But what I like about you is you're like, man, I, I just want the boots on the ground. I want to be able to utilize mm-hmm. this information and really help people in a productive way. And yep. that's and that, so I mean, that really was one of the, the biggest reasons I didn't want to stay in academia is because I saw... The process, okay, love research. I absolutely do. I, I see myself maybe going, if someone ever wanted to collaborate, like I'm there, you know, type of thing, um, just because I, I simply do love it. Um, but the process of like, yes, like going through the um, review board processes, like getting your participants, going through that, then actually getting this paper published and getting out there. Like I published a paper a few months ago that started two years ago, that, that study did. It just takes so long. And I'm a year out of my PhD at this point. Um, so it just takes so long to see it just go into a journal and who's going to read it. Like you hope that some like health coach is going to pick it up or someone's going to see it somewhere and apply it somehow. But like, you really don't know. And it, it, unless you are like more trained in research, how to read these articles and know where to look, like you're not going to stumble across it anyway. So I just got to the point where I was frustrated because I was like, I don't want to just keep doing this research and it potentially being helpful, but nobody actually ever seeing it. Um, So that's where I was kind of like, it was nice because during my PhD, I got to do both. I got to be like in the lab and also in, in the wild doing kind of both things and letting them cross over and whatever. But then when I finished, I was like, okay, so now I have to kind of pick one. Like, what do I do? Um, So I obviously opted for the more um, like applicable side of things, like real world side of things, but knowing too what I know about mindset and behavior change and psychology um, and bringing that into the real world and continuing to now be the person who's like, I know how to read research. I know where to find it. I know how to stay up to date and I can share that with everybody else. So I think kind of where it ends up being a benefit just like for everyone and for myself is that I have this background and I can distill all of this information down into like everyday sort of language and into an Instagram caption and into a certification program for health coaches who only maybe have just like a nutrition certification. They weren't taught any of the health behavior change stuff, which is ridiculous to me beyond, but that's besides the point. Um, But yeah, so like I, I truly did decide like one of the big movers of not staying in academia was because I did want to be on the ground helping people seeing this happen in real time and not just hoping that someone was going to read my article and use it right I think that you should change your Instagram to Casey in the wild because that was <laughs> <laughs> like I was in the wild and I was want to be in yeah, the wild, in the wild. I, like, <laughs> I love it though but what and you touched on exactly where I wanted to go with this question was I what you just said, right? Like, so I'm not going to lie. I was like the naive trainer back in the day when, when I graduated and then became a trainer, my mom was also a personal trainer. So I think subconsciously I grew up learning how to help people in a fitness space because I seriously just watched it my whole life, but had no intention of becoming my mom. Like I would just like 
go to my mom's house, my mom's client's house and sit in the corner and do homework, but like be taking in information on how to work with people at the same time. And so I became very comfortable with it when I started. But it's so interesting to me that there is, for me, I'm like the naive trainer that's, that didn't realize how much of a mind connection it has to be before you can make mm-hmm. any changes with your body. And when I started to work with people, like in the wild, like I'm, you know, in the gym, in the out there with everyone, I'm realizing like, shit, like these people are coming to me to lose weight, to lose inches. That's always the goal. What's your goal with I'm working with you, you know? And a lot of my um, women that I was training that were like in their 40s, right? It wasn't my athletes I was training. It was my my middle-aged women would be like, I want to lose this. I want to lose this. I'm behind the arms. I want that to go away. And then we would start training together, getting to know each other, having these conversations, right? And all of a sudden I'm like, there is so much more to the reason she's showing up to this session than losing weight. And then all of a sudden, like, their whole mindset even changes because then not only I started to realize it as a young trainer nine years ago, wow, this is deeper than I even thought, but they start to realize, oh, maybe I like do care about that, but I'm also like showing up for myself here. And this is also becoming like trickling over into other areas of my life. And I'm real, like there's so many things starting to happen. So I guess like my question would be, what do you see, right? as do most people come, like, do you feel the same way? Do most people come to you with that as, as, as aesthetic? This is why I need Nailed you. It. Aesthetic, <laughs> aesthetic <laughs> goal, right? But then they end up finding it so much deeper. So what do you think like switches for them? Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting question. Cause I would say, uh, maybe early on, I got it a lot, lot more that was just like, I just want to lose 10 pounds. I just want to fit into this dress or I'm going to be a bridesmaid. So I want to look good for this wedding in three months or whatever. Um, I still get it to this day for sure. A lot of times it's a little bit more in combination with, Hey, I know mindset's important. So that's why I'm coming to you or, Hey, like, I know, like I, I struggle with like emotional eating or stress eating, but I also would like to change my body composition a little bit. So I think today, right now, as my business currents, currently stands because people know my background. They have seen my content. They see how I connect the dots with all of this stuff. They're aware and they see it as sort of like, this is what KJO coaching does differently from other health and fitness coaches. Like we really focus on mindset and psychology. Like it really is like a core, like pillar of our, of our health and fitness coaching versus like, to be honest, and I kind of connected with you when you were talking about being on Instagram versus with your clients in person, how you feel like you're living two different lives. That's how I kind of felt throughout my PhD because my Instagram was for health and fitness content. I didn't talk about psychology. I didn't talk about mindset until essentially I was wrapping up my PhD and was like, I really need to figure out how to start mining this stuff more. But Instagram was sort of like my outlet for writing about health and fitness content because I was spending all day, every day, except for when I was with clients, all day, every day, focusing on psychology and mindset. And yeah, in my research, it was connected to health and fitness behaviors, but it was, I was in like classes and teaching lectures and I was an academic advisor for a good period of time. So 
I, those were two, my two separate worlds, really. I very, very, very rarely talked about mindset and psychology and tied it together on Instagram. I don't like thinking back, I'm like, I'm not really sure why. I think it was just like nice to have that, like some write about something different, talk about something different. That's not like statistics and P values and whatever, um, from research kind of world. Um, but then did get to the point where I was able to sort of um, connect the two. And now that's where clients do come to me and they see that and they're like, Oh, that's cool. That's different. And I have that, like, I need that. Um, Whereas before it was very much so more like run of the mill. I want to lose some weight. I want to lose some inches. And I still, like I said, I still get that um, because people do see my expertise in that area and my coach's expertise in that area. Um, But they are all of, like they're all coming to me realizing that like, Hey, you're probably gonna have to work on your mindset too, because yeah. they have seen that in my content, which is helpful because they're already kind of open and ready to receive that information versus someone who's probably like, what are you talking about? This like mindset stuff. Like, I don't, I'm not here for a psychologist. Like I'm here to work out and lose weight. So right, like not right. like understanding that. So it's, it's been beneficial to that degree. Yeah. I, I think like just hearing that explanation it's so refreshing to know that there are people that can come in wherever they are, wherever they are mentally, and if they want to lose weight, right? If, if they're thinking like, okay, I've tried this a million times before and I've failed and I haven't been able to do it. It's like, yeah, because there is so much more going on than just people going calories in, calories out, right? Like it's not just this physical thing. And to be able to, like you said, bridge that gap between like what's really going on with the whole system versus just the food that you eat, right? Like that's, I know that's one of the messages that I've seen on, on your content is like, you're not ready for a diet, right? Like that whole thing is so, like just speaks to me. Like I work with mostly uh, men or, or younger guys, but it's the same sort of idea. They're like, I just want to get strong. And I'm like, okay, why? And they're like, uh, I don't know. Right. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like they don't even know their own story or they don't even know the things they want. They think they want something, mm-hmm. but then it's like, maybe you don't, maybe this yeah. isn't your path. Like you just need to have those conversations and, and seeing what you put out there is just so awesome to see. Yeah. And that's all like, just like recipe for like short-term change, not long-term right. change. Right. Like you want it right now and you don't know why, like, great. You'll probably get some of the way there but if you want this to be like a lifestyle change like you want to be strong until you like die (laughs) like then that is like a whole different conversation like we need to talk about like why this is really important to you why do you really value it um this is more along the lines of like intrinsic motivation versus extrinsic motivation and we see time and time again throughout the research and just like if you think of it just like at face value like it's so much more valuable to be working for something because it makes you personally feel good. It's part of who you are rather than doing it for someone else or because someone else thinks you should do it. Um, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of like behavior change one-on-one and also something else, um, Sam, that you said was that people often like come to you saying like, Oh, I can't do this. Like I failed. I keep doing this. Like this is, it's something that's going on with me and that all of that sort of like, even just that language, like tying it to yourself as a person versus like, Oh, this strategy didn't work very well for me. Or I tried doing this like workout class and it didn't go well. Like I couldn't keep up with it because I didn't enjoy it enough rather than it being like, I'm not motivated. I'm lazy. I can't stick to something. It's, something like seeing it as something that is not related to you. So that's like 
where the intrinsic versus extrinsic stuff like is different when it comes to how you're seeing like your successes and failures. Like you want to take ownership over your successes, but when it's like, oh, I, it's just me as a person that can't do it. Like this is getting into more like fixed mindset type of language. Like if you see yourself as the, as the reason why nothing is working, then, and you truly believe that, then there is nothing that is going to work because you're just constantly seeing yourself as the, as the barrier rather than the specific strategy or knowledge or coach or whatever. It's always just you. So until you can start to really change that belief system and just think, hey, maybe it wasn't me. Maybe I just haven't found what works for me yet type of thing. Like the power of yet is huge. Um, so yeah, I definitely picked up on some different things in what you were saying and how it totally ties together. And I'm like, mic drop, mic drop, mic drop, mic drop, mic drop. <laughs> because it's, it's, I want, I'm going to send this to like, well, every single client of mine needs to listen yeah, to this, no, but it's 100%. like for real, because it's, there's so many times that as a coach, right. Or like as a trainer, you know, whatever we call ourselves, coach, trainer, therapist, <laughs> we're all of the above. Right. Um, there you, uh, you believe in the, in the potential of people and that's, Something that I've always said from day one, like even when I was younger, I would like tell my track coach, I'd be like, hey, did you see John running? Because he would be a great hurdler. Like I've always been able to like see potential in people. And I think that's why I've been so passionate about like coaching athletes and training athletes and like seeing, but all in my clients are athletes. And I think like you see this potential in them and you know like, girl, you can, you can show up for yourself. Like I know it deep in you who you are. Like you want to do this. And then they'll like, you see them fall into the lie that they tell themselves that, well, Mm -hmm. I failed before. So if I cancel this appointment, they get so used to that as part of their identity. Like it's okay to cancel. I don't feel good about it, but it's okay to cancel because I've done this for so long. And this is the pattern that I just fall into. And as on our end of things, it's like, you get so frustrated because you obviously can't want, you can't do it for somebody. You can't want it for somebody and you want to like take them and be like do you understand the potential that you have like this is not your identity and we were talking about this the other day about the lies that we tell ourselves about the lies that we believe from ourselves like oh I can't do that because I've never been able to get to that point before I've signed up for that 5k three times and I've never been able to get there so this is just where I'm comfortable and it's just like exactly what you said it's like that mindset, that lie that you tell yourself can, you can believe, like you can have yourself believe anything. Right. And so when for you, I was talking to Sam about this too. There's a pyramid that you've posted multiple times and I've shared it and I love it. And you talk about like where we think we need to be focusing when it comes to health and fitness journeys. Right. And then if we don't do good with the food and the fitness, we fail. But in reality, you talk about the other points that are so much more important to build the base to be able to get to those food and fitness points. Right. So if you'd like to like elaborate on that, cause I think that the, what you yeah. have posted is so helpful. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that pyramid, it's essentially like where everyone focuses on is the the top of the pyramid. So like, and I know what, so it's like, yeah, the least 
um, the least important stuff really at the end of the day. So top of the pyramid would be things like, yeah, your exercise and your nutrition, although that's what everybody focuses on. And I'm not saying that those things aren't important, but the problem is that people, like you were kind of saying, people come to you and are like, Hey, I just really need to get my, my eating habits in order. I really need to exercise more. I need the accountability. I just need someone to tell me what to do. Like we hear that all the time. Um, and in reality, like they're, sedentary all day long so the first like kind of block before we get to the very bottom of the pyramid um i had just like daily movement and mindfulness and things like that so like what are you doing throughout the day you know like are you sitting all day long like i'm sorry to tell you but like your one hour workout three times a week if you're literally sedentary and not moving the rest of the week like that needs to be the first step like really we need to get you like moving and enjoying and being outside and enjoying this like your life essentially a little bit more before you're like okay let's like dive into a, a diet and go to the gym like five times a week and things like that. Like, Hey, let's start with like some more walks. Let's get outside with some vitamin D uh, spend some time best. with yourself. That and then, the <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then the bottom of the pyramid is things like, yeah, mindfulness and um, mindset. I can't, I feel like there might've been another M word or something in there, but um, it's essentially, yeah. Where's your, where's your head at? Right. Because if you're going into this, like we were just all talking about, if you think that you're just going to continue to fail, if you just think that it's something about you that is not able to stick with something long-term, like diving into something else isn't going to matter. And you have to get to the point where you realize that, okay, so previously things didn't work this time. Like I'm going to figure out what works best for me personally, what works best in my lifestyle, and then kind of like be able to adjust and go from there um, rather than seeing it as like, okay, let's try this again. Didn't work last time, but we'll try and see like you're, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like it's not going to work for you because of that. So getting like your, your mindset and I say mindfulness too, because just if you're going throughout your day, just on autopilot all the time and like not really being mindful of like certain things, like especially when it comes, if we're talking on like a health behavior change side of things, like if you are going to the gym and just like, this sucks, this sucks, I don't want to be here, I hate sweating, I hate exerting myself the whole time, instead of being like, wow, like my body can do such awesome things, like, oh my god, I got an extra rep this week, that's so cool, like really being more mindful of like, yeah, what your body can do and your strengths rather than your weaknesses, and in general, we really are just a... As humans, we have a really strong negativity bias in general. We like to focus on the bad things. And to be honest, this is what like kept us alive when we were like evolving um, is focusing on the bad stuff. Because if you're hurt, if you're injured, if you're feeling bad, it's like fix it, fix it, fix it because you need to stay alive kind of thing rather than I mean, now we live pretty comfortably, so we don't need to worry about it as much, but that still is there. So it is sort of like human nature, but that doesn't mean that you're stuck that way either. Like don't get a fixed mindset about that either. Um, like we can definitely change those things. And we do know from research that people just like their strengths, whatever their abilities, their capacities, like they, it's actually called the taking strengths for granted effect. So it's this idea that like, you don't really know even what you are capable of. And then Casey, that's exactly what you were kind of like, you're noticing in other people, they're like, why don't they see it in themselves kind of thing. Um, and in reality, even as coaches and teachers and stuff, like we're so focused on fixing people, fixing their weaknesses, helping them in that regard, instead of like, how do we bolster your strengths? How do we continue to leverage what you already have? Um, and that just in and of itself can go to start cultivating a growth mindset too. So, um, I guess like the bottom of the pyramid would be just more focused on all of that stuff rather than like, what's the next diet I should do, or what's the next training program I should pick up when in reality, 
that's what people are looking for. And that's the stuff that sells too, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Doesn't that just make you frustrated whenever you like see things on Instagram and you're like, I'm out here like giving my heart to these clients. Like no one sees it. It's behind the scenes. It's not on Instagram. And then you see something like that and you're like, oh, or my, my like girls that I train, God bless them. I've trained a lot of these soccer players for years and they'll come to me and be like, oh, I followed this like so-and-so's like core program on TikTok. And I'm like, okay, so you like have me here? Like, Let's, let's unpack that. Let's unpack, let's unpack this. That. Like, are you watching her because you are also looking at what she looks like and maybe you're having a little bit of like, oh, you little body image issues. Like my background is very much in body image and eating disorders and that's kind of my whole story. But so I really pick up on those things with people because I'm like, so what's the reason you're doing a hundred crunches before you go to bed? What's, what's our why, right? Oh, trust me. So it's such a battle, especially training young people, like young athletes that are surrounded by what they're seeing on Instagram and what they're seeing on Snapchat and what they're seeing on TikTok. And I'm constantly re like, re, like not like fighting against it, but it's almost like, Hey, Focus on when we're here because this is where the strength's going to happen. And don't worry about doing 200 crunches because, unfortunately, that probably won't make you a better soccer player if you do 200 crunches before bed. What's the reasoning behind that, right? Mm-hmm. So it's super, yeah. can be super frustrating. Yeah, and I think one of the things that people don't really focus in on is they want to be good at whatever they do right away, right? Mm-hmm. They want to just be perfect at everything they do because – struggle and the idea of just not even failing but the idea of needing to learn something or needing to practice something like the power of practice on a daily basis like this is something that a lot of people don't necessarily lean into because like oh this doesn't feel right yet or this feels like uncomfortable or like people just aren't necessarily used to being uncomfortable in situations at all like we usually seek comfort right? Like that's part of our lizard brain, right? Like we want to, we want like homeostasis. Like we like being right in that middle zone, anything too hot or too cold. Like we're not all about it, but no, but you're right. Like we are in a society right now where comfort kind of reigns supreme. And it's like, we're not getting chased by tigers or chewed on by like wildebeest or anything, but like (laughs) there is like we, so, so like the stress response that we have is more leaning towards like the mental stress, like the daily stressors, but our body is acting in a, as if we're getting attacked in a physical way. So like we have to, we just have to be, like you said, the mindfulness is so important because it takes mm-hmm. constant practice to really facilitate that change over the course of time, you know? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's interesting too, um, when you mentioned like people think that oh, if I have to put effort in, that means that I'm not good at it. Or like, if I don't have the natural ability, then like, it's just not my thing, you know, when in reality, like, honestly, that's like quintessential fixed mindset stuff. It's like, if I have to put effort in, or if this is hard for me, then I'm just like, not cut out for it. Like, that's, that's not the way it's supposed to be, you know, but that is how people often do think. And I think a lot of times too, people think that they have somewhat of like a growth mindset about things. But in these like situations where it's like, oh, things are getting hard, like, I'm not figuring this out as fast as other people. That must mean that I'm not like, this isn't my thing. Like that's a fixed mindset too, you know? So instead of like realizing, um, and I think Casey, when you were talking about people just like canceling things because they're like, oh, like I, I, I can't do it anyway. It's never works for me. So I'm just going to cancel. It's so much easier for people with a fixed mindset to not try, to not put effort in, to not show up, than be like worried that they might fail. 
So it's a lot easier to just say like, oh, I'm not going to try if that means like I might not like be able to get to where I want to be. So that's what they end up in this like loop in this trap forever because it's just like I'm not going to show up then because there's a good chance that I'm not going to be able to like perform my best or do what I want to do. So what's the point anyway? Um, so, yeah, that can really get you and just keep that cycle going. Um but yeah, and then kind of like pulling on the, the stress thing and the saber tooth tigers chasing you or or whatever. And I didn't chased. know that wildebeest would could actually do that. But it was like, but. okay, wildebeest, <laughs> Sam in the wild at Sam in the wild. There you go. Back to the wild. Um, but it is it is funny because like stress is like one of those things that is the best way to like explain how your mind and body are so interconnected. So um, my Sam. <laughs> Sam Miller and I, we do, um, we did a program together in January called Coaching Compass. And he taught the physiology side of things. And I taught the psychology things and essentially showed how those things interact. And a big one, and just like the easiest example is stress because stress is a hundred percent perceived. Whether it is like you see a physical threat, something that's going to chase you and potentially eat you versus you like open an email in your inbox that stresses you out. Like that stuff is all perceived. And yes, it was great when we needed to like have some quick energy and run away from this like saber tooth tiger, but not so helpful when we're sitting in front of our computers and just continue to sit there. And what happens is that we do end up just having just chronic stressors over and over. And then, Hey, you want to toss in a diet in there too. And then also like orange theory seven times a week, like those things are stressors as well. And your stress bucket ends up getting very full very quickly. And as soon as that starts to overfill, that's when things like, okay, self-control is out the window because stress and self-control are really like enemies and they compete because different parts of your brain again. Um, or you start to see, okay, the scale starts to go up. This is actually uh, an Instagram post that I have like halfway written. <laughs> um, but like how your emotions get behind the show scenes. up on the scale. Yeah, right. Because um, cortisol is rising and that can lead to water retention. And that's like physiology shows up in your body composition on the scale as well, too. So it is just it's crazy. And this is all coming from just like what you are perceiving and what you are putting meaning towards and the reality that you are creating for yourself, which is just like it's crazy. It blows my mind to talk about every single time. But it's just like, yeah, that's the way it works. I just want to talk to her all day. This is fantastic. I know. I'm like, Sam, so we're like, yes, come to Rhode Island and hang out with us. <laughs> well, one of the things that you just said when you said putting meaning towards something, right, that itself is so big because everybody assumes that if they get a wave of emotion, they have to accept it as reality, right? They have to accept it as what they need to feel in that moment as opposed to separating the stressor or the stimulus from the response and giving yourself a chance to really express your emotions and feelings in a more productive way, as opposed to just the knee-jerk reaction of like, like you had said, almost being in this loop of behavior that's based on that knee-jerk reaction of like, nope, nope, running scared, running scared, you know? Wildebeest. Wildebeest. <laughs> so yeah. interesting. I'd love to touch, um, like you saying all that, I'm literally having in my head, I'm like, this just happened a week ago. So I, uh, oh my gosh, falling off my yoga mat so Sorry, high up, <laughs> falling over. Um, so uh, a week or a couple weeks ago, I had a client come to me. We'll do anonymous talking here because they're all going to probably listen to this. But um, <laughs> I had a client come to me and she'd be fine with me saying it anyway. So she is a beast, speaking of beasts, right? Like she's just, she's strong as can be. 
She loves to get stronger. She loves to be challenged. Like she doesn't like ask for cardio. She wants strength. Like she wants to be challenged out of when she shows up to our, to our sessions. And I love that. Right. We love that. So she was telling me, she's like, Oh, you know, I'm feeling kind of tired lately. And she has a working from home job. I get a little wild. We're in the wild. Um, so she works from home right now. So she's at a desk, but she's getting a a lot more, um, having a lot uh, more responsibilities put on her stress is high, all of that. Right. So she was saying, I don't know. I don't know where my food should be. I don't know if I'm eating enough. And so I basically was like, Hey, do me a favor. I'm not going to tell you exactly what to do, but I just want you to track for a week. And I just want to kind of see where you're falling like naturally. Right. So she tracks for a week and that's the kind of person she is like, she will follow through. Like she, that's just her mindset. Like she will follow through. So I'm like, want you to track for a week. She tracks for a week. She comes back. She, I take a look at her numbers and I'm like, you know what? You're a little low for your activity and all of your other information that we take into account. Right? So I said, what if we try to up it just a little bit? Cause that scares the shit out of women when you tell them to just eat a little bit more. And I feel it too, because me trying to get out of the um, under eater, under eating, over exercising patterns that I was in in college, that when I was doing these shows and competing and in a horrible mindset, like someone with an eating disorder background, not the best place to try, right? So did that, struggled, took years to get out of it, years to get out of it. And so I felt, I was like, listen, it's going to feel uncomfortable. And I know, but just try to up it a couple hundred calories. I'm talking like 200 calories for one week. We'll try a little bit more the next week. Right? So she literally one week later, just from adding in a little more food comes to me and says, okay, like her, she was unbelievably blown away. She's like, okay, I'm like not dead halfway through the workout I actually haven't even been able to work out the last like five days, but I still continue to eat a little bit more and I feel like my pants are fitting different and I feel less like bloated and less, and I'm like letting her let it out and I'm like, keep going, keep going. Right. And so I'm like, and she's like, but why, like, why is this happening? Why, why am I eating more? I just did less and I don't feel like death and I actually feel like I'm less bloated and they're fitting in my clothes better. And I was like, well, um, I almost said her name. I'm like, well, I'm like, (laughs) obviously your body is sending you a signal that what you've been doing is not working and it needed something like it's trying to tell us when we're working out and we're freaking pooped out halfway through the workout, you probably didn't feel your body enough or Two, are you too stressed? Are you not sleeping? There's so many things that I love that I feel like there's just, especially the people that I tend to follow, right? Also feel those same ways that I'm feeling is that we can't just look at somebody as, hey, you're showing up and let's do a workout and I'm going to kick your ass and you're going to leave. And like, what does that do for somebody, right? So as far as you go, like what, when you're coaching people and they're coming to you and they know they're going to get uncomfortable because they're coming to you with your background that they already know, right? Um, what do you find is like the hardest thing for people to, to work through? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. So, I mean, I do think that like 
probably across the board, any like good coach is going to say that they have struggles with their clients increasing their food, especially if they're female. Like, I think that that's like pretty much that's a thing. It's everywhere. Um, And I definitely still have that too. I have plenty of clients, but I do think allowing them to see some of those like sort of like small wins that you have noticed, like with this um, client that you're talking about. So having her like come back to be like, wait a second, I'm increasing my food and I feel better. I kind of look better. I get to eat more. Like what's the catch? Like what's going on here? What's going to happen? Yeah, exactly. So having them see just like a little bit, like be like, Hey, no, I, I love the way that you approach the situation. And I think that that in and of itself could be a lesson for a lot of coaches and just say like, let's just try it for a little bit. Try it a couple days a week. Like, let me know how it's going. If you absolutely feel like you're stuffed or you feel like you're gaining weight, all of the stuff, like then we reassess, like there's no problem, you know? do it for two weeks or whatever and let's see what happens and then after that like we can totally pull the plug and most people that little bit of um it's I like to say it's like this little tool that I call momentary restriction in this case it's not necessarily like restriction it's for like momentary addition so it's just like very short period of time let's either take something away or add something and see how it goes it's like almost you see it as like an experiment let's see what happens um because like right now what are you going to do like you want to pull calories more and go the other direction like that's not really an option right so your only option is to either keep doing what you're doing which isn't working or add so let's try it um so I really do like that approach of just like a very short time frame letting them know that it's extremely temporary and then hey like what happens like a lot of times exactly what you said like all this stuff is like improving and at that point it's like that could happen within honestly sometimes days if someone is like very much so under eating they can start to like feel these differences in their energy levels and their sleep and and stress levels and things like that could get better within days but give it a week and they're like oh my gosh let's keep doing this you know I don't even need need to get to the two week mark at that point Um, but I do really like that just like reminding people that these things and when it is like kind of hard to introduce different behaviors or or habits and stuff just like hey super super temporary nothing has to be permanent the beauty of having a coach is that you can come to me and be like this isn't working and we can change it like the end you know so instead of it being like i think people here like okay let's add in 200 calories it's like what like forever and is it going to continue to increase and like what's going to happen you know and like all this stuff just starts reeling again negativity bias instead of like thinking like oh what good could this give me it's always all the bad stuff that comes flooding in right um so i do think like that little bit of um just like keeping it super temporary that momentary type of stuff and like i said i often use it for like the momentary restriction would be if someone who is like Try, let's say trying to cut down their alcohol intake and they're used to having like two glasses of wine every night instead of being like let's just not do alcohol at all or like let's just cut down to a couple nights a week and like if that's still not working then it's like hey let's just instead of thinking like no more alcohol forever let's just try a week with no alcohol like can you do a week like you can pretty much do anything for a week um so get them on board for that and then it's like after that you can drink as much as you want again like okay cool and that period of time is like wow I like sleep so much better and I don't wake up feeling groggy and I have more energy throughout the day and like they just like having that chance to see what it's capable of whatever that is whether it is increasing your calories by 200 or removing alcohol entirely things like that just to some people need a little bit of evidence like 
that's just what it is, which is, I like that people are becoming just more skeptical in general and asking questions. I think that's the way it always should be, um, rather than just like blindly following the leader or following the Fitzbo or whatever. I love um, so it. I do. Following the Fitzbo. <laughs> so I do, I do think that it's great that people are feeling that way and that your client came to you and was like, okay, I don't really know about this, but like, I'll try it. Um, and having that open mind and having a growth mindset is what's getting her to this point. And just like being willing, it seems like she's just a hard worker in general and willing to like show up and, and put in the work. So um, that was kind of a tangent in a lot of different directions, but I hope it answered no, I love your it. question. Yeah. And I think, so on the opposite end of it, right? So a couple things popped into my mind because I have on one respect, you have someone who is a little bit like in that mindset of like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll try anything like let's do it and they'll do it. And then on the other side, it's not like a negative thing, but what, where would you maybe go with someone who, you know, wants to decrease body fat, like has a goal of, of losing a little bit of body fat, but is having, I guess would be a, a what would aversion is that the word I'm trying to say I as if Sam can read my mind I'm like do you know if that's what I'm trying to say I'm Sam? right there with you. you're right there with me <laughs> okay good so um if there's like an aversion or a block to going into a deficit so it's like I've worked with a lot of people where I'm like I will show them the science and I'm like listen like a deficit like so a lot of words I think trigger people sometimes. So when people are like, oh, I'm going to diet or I'm going to cut or I'm going it, to, it's, it, 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 it sounds sharp. It, yeah. Yeah. It triggers, like it triggers a lot of people and some people it doesn't. And that's totally fine. Like those words around me, totally fine. Those words to Sam could be totally fine. But to some people that have a very uh, uh, history of body image issues or, you know, weight issues or shame with their weight, whether they're, they've been told different things or said things to, but want to lose body fat. Um, where would maybe you help someone out in that respect where it's like, Hey, you're, I get, you have this background and these words, you know, really, really hit you differently. And you, it, it, it's almost like a softer spot for people. It's on the opposite end of my other client, right? Where she's like, yeah. I'll do it. I'll, I'll cut whatever that, whatever word I can throw at her, she's fine. But then you have some people that are like, I don't even like that word because it's, mm -hmm. I want to do this. I want to lose body fat, but there's so much of that mental piece that comes with it yeah like they it's almost like you're taking away their security blanket yes right like that's how they cope with so much in their life and all of a sudden it's like okay we're gonna take this thing that makes you so comfortable and happy when you're stressed out and they're like oh shit like yes. I, I, I don't know what to do yeah yeah yeah, no, and it's funny because I actually, I put up a post uh, a while ago that talked about exactly this because I, I mean, I'm a health and fitness coach, but yes, and I talk about like dieting and the way that people pick up the word dieting, it can be completely different across the board, right? 100%. So I'm like, we need more words in our vocabulary here because it's essentially this post was like um, a column, and two columns, and on one side it was like defining dieting and the other side was defining dieting. And the dieting that like we know is like not extremely restrictive and does like kind of follow like a step down slowly fashion and you don't have to be starving as soon as like the day you start and, and all of this 
stuff where on the other side, like dieting can also be like um, diving into something like a 30 day fix or something that's like a, like lemon water sort of like whatever, or um, following like a juice cleanse or like being extremely restrictive and chopping your calories by like a thousand on day one and, and stuff like that. And both those things at the end of the day are dieting, which is frustrating because then when coaches like us, they're like, okay, so then I took this client through a diet phase. That's like, there, a lot of people do get triggered and start to think, oh, that's terrible. Like, what are you doing? Like, oh my gosh. Um, or when you talk to a client you're like, okay, so we're at this point where we've been reverse dieting for a while. You're at this maintenance. I know you have desires to continue to lose some fat. Like if you want, we can kind of transition into a diet phase at this point. And it's like, they might just be like, Oh, like all alarms sound off. Right. Um, and then I do think that like, there's a lot of like mindset that goes into this too, because if you go into a diet phase, even if it is super sustainable, not extremely restrictive, still um, keeps takes into account things like muscle preservation and your hunger and and all of these things of course at some point you are going to feel a little bit hungrier like as you get to, towards the end of the diet like you might feel a little bit more fatigued but besides the point the idea is that if you're going into all of these things and your mindset is like I'm going to be starving I'm going to lose all my strength this is going to be terrible I'm going to struggle like if that's your thought of what a diet is doesn't matter if it's sustainable as shit, like you're still going to feel terrible. Um, and you're still probably going to notice yourself feeling hungrier or having stronger cravings because that's what you expected to happen. So instead, like working with a coach who maybe takes the, takes the time to explain to you like, Hey, so you shouldn't feel like you shouldn't feel loss of strength. You shouldn't feel super hungry. Like this is where we're starting off and just like, we're taking away like 50 calories a day or something like that. It's like, it's really such a small amount, but over the week, like it does add up. So like, we'll just keep adjusting over time. Keep me in the loop with how you're feeling. But like, just so you know, you shouldn't feel this way, like right off the gates kind of thing, because that's the stuff that's out there, right? Is that like, it should be terrible. It should be grueling. It should be difficult um, and things like that. So I think your mindset really, again, just like pretty much everything plays a huge, huge role in how you perceive these things. And yeah, we need more words. We need another way to define totally. the more sustainable approach to dieting because it, it is frustrating for people who are doing it essentially the right way in a more uh, sustainable fashion and then like helping you get to a point of maintenance after the fact. And I have gone through, gone to, gotten to the point where I just, I use the word diet phase always because it gives you just already this idea that it's something that's not supposed to be all the time it's just like a period of time through like whatever like nutritionally like periodized fashion that you're going through um like moving into maintenance or then going into a surplus or whatever it just should be a phase it should not be something that you're seeking to do all of the time which is also something that we run into with that like that bad essentially the bad column of diet defined <laughs> And that's kind of my, what I had said to people before I was like, so when you're like the hard truth, almost sometimes for some people is that like, it, like the, the comfort is, okay, it can be small and very small and it's a phase and we can get, you're going to get back to a comfortable place. Like we're, this is the goal. Right. But on the other end, there's a little bit of that hard truth. That's like, so it's not going to be super comfortable. Like you, if you want these changes, it takes work and it takes planning and it might be a little uncomfortable. And that's really hard for people. I think to like what mm -hmm. Sam said, to lose that comfort. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And I, and I, I use this example and actually one of our other episodes was 
making a change is kind of like being on one side of an electric dog fence, right? It's like the closer you get to it, the more resistance you feel. But as soon as you just get over it, now you have that resistance on the other side, like pushing you in a better direction, right? So it's, it's so hard for them to initially overcome that like discomfort of the situation. But when they do, they're like, oh, yeah, shit. No, that was easy. That was easy. I can do that again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we always say yeah. it's like anytime I talk about anything, like I've been in therapy since I was 10. But it's like you every time I remember when my therapist when I was younger, God bless him. He was my therapist for 12 years. Like watched me grow up. This poor Michael. You are amazing. But it's all because <laughs> of you. But um, I just had anxiety from a very young age. And he always helped me be like, you, you cannot go around the issue. We need to go through it. We got to hit it head on Casey. And I'm like 10 years old, like, okay, but like, I'm just going to talk to you about my shoelaces. Cause I don't want to talk about it. Like, you know, and we're going around like what I'm feeling. And so I, I use that now with all my clients. I'm like, you have to go through it. Like we have to hit it and we can't keep skirting around it because then it will never change. It will never get better. Yep. That's that comfort totally. circle, you know, like around the bullseye. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's really hard to hit on straight on. Um, another thing I want to touch on too and ask you, and then we can, I know we could talk to you all day, but I know we all have like things to do. I have to go coach tennis, you know? So, um, we, I love the idea. One of the most favorite things that I ever experienced without knowing I was going to experience it was when I was training, I was working in um, San Diego as a trainer and we got interns underneath of us and we, I didn't even realize that was, it was going to be a thing. And so I get put with an intern and all of the sudden, like my teaching background and all of the love for like teaching somebody came out in me. And I was like, Oh my God, like I love helping these young trainers learn and grow. And, and I just want them to be better. And I'm like, put them with my clients and put them in hard situations and make them do things. And it's, it was one of my, I would have an intern every day of the week. I love that connection you can get with someone while you're helping them grow and be a mentor for them. Cause I know in my life, so many people have mentored me that are the reason I am who I am now. Like there, I don't, you don't get this way on your own. And I think that for you, I love that you're coaching coaches because that would be down the right now too much going on. I'm looking at Sam like he's my assistant. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I got too much going. We can't do it right now. But, <laughs> but down the road, right? Like I would love to coach and mentor people. That is something that just comes naturally to me. And it obviously is coming natural to you. Excuse me choking on the air. Um, but what I, what I love that you're doing is you're providing that for people. And exactly what you said was we don't, you don't learn in your, and you know, cause you took the test. You don't learn in your, in your personal trainer certification, how to approach people with a mindset approach. Like that is, it is like, here's how you program a workout. Here's, well, guess what? Sally came in and she's stressed out of her mind and her back hurts because she was bent over on a computer all day and you're going to throw her into the circuit you had planned. Like it's, it's not, it's constantly changing. So what are, like, what led you to wanting to coach other coaches and what do you think like you're getting the most from, or maybe they're getting the most from that they didn't know that they even needed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think that like, you're entirely right in that uh, personal trainer certifications, nutrition coach certifications, like it maybe just a tiny bit like touches on like behavior change or like understanding like 
humans for what they are and they're not just like a set of numbers or a program or whatever. Um, but that was honestly the main drive that I saw was like, hey, this isn't being taught anywhere. And it's like very, very important. So like you can be the most knowledgeable, knowledgeable person when it comes to training prescription or progressive overload or macros or carb cycling or whatever. You could know all of these things, but you have a client who like you don't know how to communicate with, or you don't know how to help them with like their, their mindset blocks or their stress coping or all of this stuff. Then like, you'll never even get to use that stuff. So I really do think that like, if we're talking about, yeah, again, bottom of the pyramid, right? This goes for coaches too. Like you need to understand how to help clients with the, the mindset side of things, the behavior change side of things before you can even start to hope that they will implement things like dietary changes or exercise prescriptions. So I saw that firsthand that I was like, this doesn't get talked about and that's a problem. Um, so definitely saw that. And then just knowing that like, even looking, if you, there's no, even like not a lot of like, like long certifications that are um, essentially like interactive that you're not just like sitting in front of it, like watching a lecture or something like that where you get taught this stuff as a health coach either, like, especially in like the online space, like it's got a lot of it is for like in-person coaches too, where a lot of this stuff is a little bit easier because you get to talk to someone. How do you like convey some of this information over email or things like that? So that was kind of like the main driver for the health mindset coaching certification is just seeing this massive gap and it being an issue. Um, so that's where that kind of started with, um, I know there are plenty of people out there who are not like you and me, Casey, who like to um, essentially mentor other people or advise other people, um, bringing them up in their own sort of like health coaching journey or whatever it may be. Um, I'm definitely, I enjoy teaching people in that sort of capacity for sure. Um, going back to like academia land, like I don't want to be in a 200 person lecture talking to freshmen who are falling asleep. Like that's not the type of teaching I care to do. Yes. The, I want the people who really care to learn are interested in like improving their skills and in a smaller, more intimate fashion. So that's what I sort of like modeled the health mindset coaching certification off of knowing that they can essentially how it's set up is that they watch a pre-recorded training from me. And then we do a like live discussion and Q and A so we can like work through like the details and talk about specific clients cases and things like that. So that's what I love. And I do really enjoy that knowing that a lot of people aren't that interested. And um, I have three other coaches on my team too, who I get to do a little bit more, even like one-on-one -on -one mentorship with. And I absolutely, I love it. I love watching people grow. I love watching them like understand things, connect the dots and ask really good questions. And then what's really cool is that you essentially, your impact is multiplied like a hundred times over That's because exactly now these coaches say. will go out and coach other people. And those people will now get the changes that you essentially helped instill in that coach. And that is super, super cool. Yeah. Being able to touch upon those like hubs of influence, right? Like to really yep. just, like you said, multiply your efforts and really help just monumentally more people than you were to be able to do by yourself. That's awesome. Amazing. Oh my gosh. So tell us a little bit before we get off, because we got, I just want to talk to everyone know, all day. Know, he's like, he's so good because he'll, he'll be like, all right, Case, like you got, you got to go. Gotta you gotta go. Go. Well, I'll be the one editing this. So yeah. Fun. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me give it to my editor, Casey, myself. Like, let me give it, <laughs> I'm gonna email it to you. I'm going to email it to me. Um, so where can people like you, I know early on when we had connected, I'm like telling you this too. 
about getting you on the podcast, you were like, Hey, like I got this thing coming out. Can we talk about it? And I was like, Oh my gosh. Like we were not ready at that point. Like we tried to be, and I was like wanting to so bad, but I still shared about it. Cause I was like, I, what she's doing is so amazing, but where can, so you're saying you're not taking clients right now, but is there a way people could, I mean, there's going to be people listening to this and they're going to be like, I want to work with Casey or I want to follow Casey. Um, mm-hmm. not me, other Casey. And so <laughs> where, you know, what are your services? What are you offering? What is coming up for you? Please share about it where people can find you. Yeah. Cause you're just a light in this world. So we, we need to know, we need to know. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm obviously most active on Instagram. Um, I'm coach Casey Joe there. Um, I have a pretty awesome website that my graphic design girls put together and that's kjocoaching.com. So KJO coaching is essentially like my business name and underneath that is like the umbrella of one-on-one coaching services. I have a group coaching program coming out hopefully pretty soon here. Um, and then also for coaches, I have the health mindset coaching certification and hopefully some more kind of like trickle down like mini courses in the future as well. So going to my website, you'll be able to see sort of like all of that stuff. And there's some fun things on there too. Um, I have a bunch of like my product favorites and things like that. I have a content hub on there that you can essentially like search for specific topics that I've written about and talked about and posted about. Um, so that's all there. If you want to contact me directly, like Instagram's a great place to go. Otherwise I'm Casey at kjocoaching.com for email. And yeah, that's pretty much it. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's great. That's so great. Good. That's why I bring him on here just to say how awesome everything is. So good. Awesome. But it's so true. It. And I'm so glad that you're, you joined us and, and came on our little podcast, but it's, it's such a passion for us too. And there's to find people out there in this space that are real. And that's why we started like my business is true to you fitness. I've always just felt that be true to you has been my thing since 2010 when I was posting pictures of mango on Instagram, like be true <laughs> to you. Like I love mango and that's kind of always been my thing. And then true to you fitness and true to you chats, like bringing people on that are just true to themselves. And we see it and we are just reaching out to those people and wanting to connect and selfishly meet you too. Like I was like, Oh my gosh, like we want to talk to Casey. She's so awesome. Um, and just bring, bring more of this to this space because we as professionals see what is going on out there. And like, we are like, like you said, like we're boots on the ground. Like we're doing it. We're in the trenches. Like we're, we're doing the right thing for the right reason. So thank you so much for joining us. And we'll definitely um, link everything of yours in our show oh, notes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Editor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we're going to link everything in our show notes and make sure everyone can find you. Um, but thank you so much for joining yeah, us. Thank and you very much. This was fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. This was an awesome conversation. I can't wait to share it. Thank you guys so much for joining us on episode four of True to You Chats. Thank you so much to our girl, Casey Joe for being on the podcast and freaking awesome conversation. Make sure you check out all of her information linked below, and we will see you in the next episode.